Hey yo, two thirds of the gang here as usual. Myself, we got Richard Friedman. Morning, my friends. Morning. And the great James Graham in place of Candace Warner. Good morning. Good morning, mate. It's great to be here. Does Richard know where Candace is yet? I don't believe so. Oh, and it's a... and it's this weekend that ah. it's happening. Where is she? I can't tell you. Ah, well, what did you bring it up for? Because well, now everyone in their car listening and that has said, where's Candace? No, but I, I wanted to know if you knew. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Next week, I'm telling you, 10 o'clock next week. I mean, obviously listen to this show. This is a secret ten, location. <laughs> but 10 o'clock next week, tune in what? because it's it's what? unreal where what? she is. the big secret? Because it's fun to keep you in the dark about things. Okay. You like to know all. You like to be omniscient and uh, you can't in this case. I, I, I was going to actually compliment Jimmy on his performance on TV last night about the footy, but now <laughs> I won't. You were great. <laughs> well, thank you. Is that a regular gig now on Fox? Uh, every Friday to the end of the year. Unreal. Yeah. Thank You're you. doing a great job. Thank you very much. Surprising. They say I've got a face for radio, but, you know. You know, it's a pretty good face for TV as well. <laughs> well, they're right, <laughs> if you ask James. <laughs> hey, I just found a calligraphy pen, and my life has improved out of sight. You see, Out of sight. You know what? You think I'm weird. Yeah. Right? That's weird. I'm telling you. I was a bit flat. I came in, and then I started writing with this calligraphy pen. Everything's fancier. Everything's great. Brenda. Yes. No one cares. No worries. Uh, <laughs> this is what's coming up on the show. Uh, we've got Heather Garriock in a uh, preview, that third place playoff for Sweden versus the Matildas uh, in the World Cup. What did you think, Jimmy? Oh, I was delighted. Oh, good. Three, <laughs> of course. 3-1 <laughs> in your own backyard. <laughs> Sorry I asked. Yeah. Uh, Three one. I, I thought know. you in might your have... own backyard. Yeah, you played uh, better. You played way better. Well, and and, they, and surprisingly, they didn't have to change the football in this particular. I know little episode. And like wasn't, they did in the cricket. It wasn't a great spirit just trying to take out Sam Kerr every time she got the ball. Yeah, treading yeah. on her, yeah. tripping her up, trying to give her another injury. Putting anyway. two balls on the field. Did you see that? Oh, yes, the so. yellow card at the end. Nah, good spirit. Yeah. Good spirit. Oh, we want to talk about in <laughs> the spirit, spirit of the game. Oh, okay. Yes. You're not very good at it. Okay. I wonder if uh, the politicians will all get on the bandwagon and start writing letters of complaint. But... I thought you'd give the Matildas a, a rap for what they achieved. No, look, for, for me, I'm as a as a keen sports fan and observer, uh, I've been part of uh, of many great sporting teams in, in the past, and realised the power of sport. and It was fantastic to see uh, the nation come together in so many areas of life. Um, we are divided; we have split split opinions. But you know, for the past two weeks, all that people have cared about is uh, the the green and gold here in Australia. Yeah. It's fantastic to witness a, a nation come together. And I think sometimes we need to remember that, you know, we're probably more similar and we can get common ground through sport. It's a magnificent, magnificent mm. vehicle for change. But also, I'm a father of, of, of two daughters. I'm, I come from a large family of seven. Or I've got three sisters. And, you know, my seven-year-old will ask me, like, well, why didn't um, any of my aunties play any sport growing up? And, yeah. Kind of, you, you ask that they ask that question. You're a bit perplexed. Well, there wasn't an avenue. There wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It, there wasn't the facilities. That it just didn't happen. It didn't exist. And it's amazing how far we've come in one generation. And with off the back in the Matildas and NRLW, AFLW, and um, a heap of other female athletes, it's a, it's great to see where we're going to go on this road uh, with female sports. Well, I agree with all of that. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I think though, with with the with a coolness of 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 you know a cool head here, yeah. I think soccer in this country at this point in time will largely rise and fall on the back of the national team. It does in men's soccer, 
because at football, whatever you want to call it, and we, I'll call it soccer, a lot of our best male players play in Europe. That will happen with our female players. They only come together for the national team. And, and I think you saw this with rugby too. Rugby rises and falls on the back of the, the Wallabies and how they perform internationally. Yeah. And I think that's what will happen here. Whether the Matildas can be as good at the next World Cup or the one after that, I don't know. Oh, the they'll be better. I, I, I know well, the answer to that. But they'll they may be not be. Because well, we said it, that exact same thing about the year that Lucas Neal and uh, Harry Kuehl and that all played in the national soccer side in the World Cup. And the next World Cup, we didn't go as well. So it's not a given. It's going to be incredibly difficult, isn't it? Because participation numbers with soccer, the global game, like look at the numbers that the American um, soccer team play with, their participation. We know that participation numbers drive standards. So it, it is difficult just to the size of the nation of Australia, but no doubt this will have an effect. And, you know, those other sports competing most young girls will be choosing soccer mm. off the back of the success of the Matildas. That current wave, yes. A lot of them overseas. There is uh, an emerging wave as well, and they're playing in our domestic leagues. Uh, the A-Leagues this week put out a wonderful initiative. Uh, any kids under 16 uh, for this upcoming uh, women's season can head along to the games for free. So I've already signed my kids up. Uh, be great. You've got a couple of doors. You can sign your kids up for free as well. I'll be doing that. Incredible initiative. Um, so that's how you support this next wave of uh, hopefully future Matildas. Let's unpack some of that uh, NRL from last night. Two games, the first of which the Warriors and Sea Eagles. Um, the first time in 21 years, the Warriors have won six games in a row. They are looking red hot and will effectively ending the Sea Eagles season. Yeah, they are flying at the moment, the Warriors, off the back of some great home support. There was a controversial moment in this game where Daily Chair Evans has gone for the field goal. It's been charged down. The yeah. ball has bounced. Ruben Garrick has jumped to collect the ball. He's been arguably put in a dangerous position after Charles Nickel Cluckster has clipped him. Um, Coach Anthony Seabolt after the game oh. fuming about that, but the Warriors. Uh, but the rules, re- the rules do say on that. Exactly, the referee explained it yes. perfectly. So, yeah, you know, I think Seabold was getting it, it, to the it, fact the that the rule it, is, if the ball has bounced, then you then you can take the you, player out in the air. Ex- exactly. So perhaps it's one of those rules that does need looking at. And you know, Anthony Seabold at the end of the game was very animated. He sort of put that. Uh, as a season-defining loss, but I think that you know Manly Seagulls were struggling anyway. Well, if they'd have got two points in front at that stage, there's every chance they could mm. have hung on. Yeah, but perhaps that they could have, but I, I don't think it would would have saved their season. Uh, I think you you know someone would finish it. Someone would finish it for them. But credit <laughs> yeah. to the Warriors; they're going to ride that home wave of, of support. They've been fantastic this what year. What about what about uh, Dallin? Well, yeah, he's. Oh, sorry, I was trying to read your mind. I think you were going to say Dallin. No, it's Sean Johnson. Oh, okay. He's, he's still just got it on a string. He's had Rolling a, back the years, he's isn't he? A, an amazing season. And his kicking game again last night was excellent again. Just He's just on, on a roll. If, if they lock in that top four spot leading into the finals, they are going to be very dangerous with two yeah. bites at the cherry. Yeah, well, and that home, when they play at home. Grow another leg. They, they don't just get Auckland behind them. They get the whole of New Zealand mm. behind them. They all... 
they'll all forget about the the rugby union world cup over in over in France. They'll all be riding the Warriors. I don't, I don't think you're, they've heard it, Tom. <laughs> you reckon? Uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> not. Twenty nine twenty two was the final score. There, uh, the other game, Eels taking on the Roosters. The latter sort of keeping their season on life support. Big win actually, thirty four to twelve, and that's the end of the Eels for twenty twenty three. Yeah, the Eels have gone from grand finalists to not making Madness. the eight. It's just not been their year, a number of reasons as to, to why that has happened. I thought they were they started the game magnificently yesterday. You could get a there was a real finals sense and mm. feeling around that game. I thought Roosters, Parramatta, they both came out of the blocks pretty well. Um, but the Roosters, they were desperate in defence and and just had enough Captain James Tedesco with a I think a, a message to coach Malmaninga. Um, the Australian team will play at the end of this season. Um, bit of talk about whether Reese Walsh should overtake James Tedesco and he should have the, the time off. But uh, I think Tedesco proved that he wants that number one jersey. Yeah. I saw Brad Arthur in the uh, press conference afterwards. Didn't have really any excuses to this year. There were a few close games. He said we weren't good enough. They tried hard, but it wasn't our year. Do you agree? Yeah, look, I think that they did try hard. There's just been a number of factors that have just compounded uh, against them. Some high-profile injuries, Mm. uh, some players that left that they didn't replace um, adequately enough. I thought Josh Hodgson came. uh, I was hopeful for him, but unfortunately injury hasn't been kind to him. The Ryan Matheson saga at the start of the year. Where I saw you chose, mention this last night, yeah. He chose uh, a fine, a fine yeah. over, you know, missing three games. No, he chose three games over the fine, over which, the fine are, yes, which, yes. which is disappointing. And then there's just been a number of aspects which just haven't clicked for the Eels. Dylan mm. Brown, um, his off-field suspension. I thought he was arguably the informed player. And Mitchell Moses' contract from, saga. It's, from, from the time Dylan got into trouble, the, since he's come back, you don't think he's recaptured that that no. level, you know? It was it's obviously been a, you know a very uh, stressful period, as it you know as it would be, and I, I just don't think he he got back to that level. And they they to get anywhere close to finals, they they had to have him firing. Yeah, they didn't. They they needed a win last night. I think they're officially done now. I don't even think mathematically, no, if r- results go no. their way, they can't make it. So. Lots of lots to unpack internally at the Parramatta Eels. It's a it's a huge fall from grace after after doing so well last year. Mm. And even when you look back to this season, they they started with three losses and they found a way to beat the mighty Penrith Panthers when that Nathan Cleary kicked that two point field goal. Yeah. They still found a way. Um, so it's been there in glimpses, but just not consistent enough. If it happened overnight, you'll hear it in the Triple M Deadset Legends Sports Update. Oh, the Tigers' five-year plan up in smoke, or it's been expedited. Depending how you look at it, uh, the club announced it will be parting ways with head coach Tim Sheens at the end of the season. Uh, Benji Marshall assuming head coaching responsibilities a season earlier than expected. Yes, um, it's the soap opera that is the West Tigers. There's a new episode. And uh, yes, let's see if anything changes. I think uh, I support this. By you the way. do. I do support this. Well, I, I never it, liked the idea of having two coaches and an understudy. Put either the bloke's ready to coach or he's not. Well, and it, I do believe pe- I said at the beginning of the season, and you can pull out the the audio on this, that I said this thing with the two coaches here yeah. that'll be over before the end of the season. We can't be bothered to find that. So no, I said that. I, that's fine. <laughs> 
to a lot of <laughs> lot of lot of old radio yeah, to go to. Sure, man. Yeah. <laughs> sure. We, we'll, we have, we'll what's important to me. We have no resources. <laughs> I, I yeah, think fr- from from my observations, it, it it seems as though Benji Marshall is is coaching the team anyway. We yeah, see him yeah. very uh, very vocal in the coach's box after a game, before a game. So it seemed as if Tim Sheen's job was to take a lot of the bullets. Now he's going to be removed from that role. So Benji has got to. Got, got to get used to that. And we, we saw him in front of the media for the very first time. And there is more interest around Benji. He's not the stereotypical uh, assistant coach because he is guaranteed to, to be in that role next year. And that comes with a lot of interest. He's uh, you know declined to, in, to, to be interviewed until last week, which I thought he handled um, pretty well. But um, he's got a big job on his hands. If he yeah. is coaching the team, it's, it's hard to see um, too much changing. They have made a couple of signings in... Aiden Caesar and uh, Sullivan and a couple of young guys from Manly that probably aren't ready yet, um, but it's a big job on his hand, especially being such a rookie coach in in an untraditional pathway to being a head coach. He's never coached his own team before. You've not been to England, which Sam Burgess is doing. Only way is up, though. And he's only been an assistant for a year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a sink or swim moment for him. He either swims and he becomes a, one of our established head coaches or he sinks and, you know, goodbye. Yeah. That's well, we wish him luck. He's a we, former Triple M employee, so we love being Well, I, I love ambitious people. I love people that think outside the box. And, you know, if we just keep doing the same things, you get the same results. The Tigers did need to think outside the box a little bit. And, you know, good luck to Benji. I consider him a friend. And I genuinely hope he does well. He's fantastic with his ideas. Um, it'll be interesting to see just how he handles all the externals and the the, the uncontrollables of, of coaching that that pressure environment, dealing with the media, and you know you can have your dealing with the board, dealing, dealing with, with the, the board, CEO. You know you can have your values dealing with the player managers. You can have your <laughs> values, but but they will get tested. They, they will get tested. Uh, Wallabies coach Eddie Jones has launched at a group of journos at a pre-World Cup presser during the week. Now, I've had to cut this down. I've truncated this. It was originally about two minutes of him flying off the handle. Um, so here's uh, the best 30 seconds of Eddie Jones's tirade. Just be, be the pessimist you are. Keep Australian rugby where it's been. Complain about players that, that don't get selected. Keep doing about that because it's fantastic because we love it. I love this negativity. It's fantastic. I love it. Love it. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You know we're terrible. Just tell us we're terrible. And we'll prove you wrong. got to wash myself off because it's just sticking, sticking to me. Thanks for the worst press conference I've ever had in world rugby. Worst press conference. Well done, boys. That is the worst I've ever seen. All right, good luck. You're going to give yourselves uppercuts. Uppercuts. I, I think he was being sarcastic. I don't think he did love it. Well, I think he did love it. I, I, I couldn't call that a conference because a conference takes two parties. I don't think Eddie let them even ask a question. He just that? launched into them. So that's a good start to the World Cup in a... Actually, uh, Eddie, in my view, this is where I see Eddie sitting, and he's, he's, he's I'm only guessing, but I think Eddie thinks, well, if I don't fire at this World Cup, I'm probably gone. So they're not going to sack me between now and the end of the World Cup, so I'll just say what I like. And he did. Well, he has done. But also, what what he's done with this press conference, it's taken the attention away from the team Mm. and put it onto the coach. Interesting. Okay. So... Yeah, you know, some of the oh. some of the great coaches they have this uh, ability to use the media to their advantage. So now we're not talking about Australia going to the World Cup. We're talking about Eddie Jones, masterstroke it- potentially. <laughs> 
I yes. just I like that little nod James gave. This is absolutely that, right. That little Japanese man is very. He could be that astute. It's possible. Hey, the he's mixture. very calculated. Very. Like, he, I, I don't for for one moment think that Eddie Jones would act on emotion like that mm. without there being some form of calculation and desired outcome. At, now I am intrigued. Mm. Uh, very quickly, the Matildas, they wrap up their World Cup campaign this evening, third place playoff against Sweden. A former Matilda Heather Garriok joining us after 11 to preview that and the World Cup final. I cannot wait to talk to these Matildas after this uh, after this World Cup. I've got a hit list. I want Kyra Cooney-Cross. I want Hayley Razzo. Alana Kennedy is from my neck of the woods. She's from Campbelltown, fellow Campbelltown local. Saw her at the pub recently. Oh. Saw her at Mount Adam Pub. How, oh. re- how recently? Ah. Uh, like a year ago. <laughs> it's radio, so it happened yesterday. Did you annoy her? No, I didn't because she was with her sure. family and I was just like, oh, that's that's Solana Kennedy. How good? And I just said, oh, g'day. Oh, you did say g'day. Just a yeah, little, make like, sure you caught her eye. There, Alana Kennedy at, the, at Mount Annan Park. Did you, what a thrill. Did you wink sort of weirdly like you just did then? I did, unfortunately, and I regret it. <laughs> I regret it. You seen anyone famous at the pub? Oh, yeah. I walked into a pub in Adelaide one day and when I was over there was horses and there was a little trio playing in the pub. Yeah. Crowded house. Crowded house. Yeah. In the was, pub. Yeah. And they were they were big, they were crowded. No. Oh, they went that was just just after right. they launched. And I you know, I didn't even know that they he had a new band. So How good. Yeah. I thought I'd recognise that guy. Crowdy's in the pub. Who'd you see in the pub? Famous. Famous people in the pub? Uh I've seen a heap of footballers. Okay. You've seen your friends, seen your mates in the that, pub. That I happen to play with. Kill. <laughs> so no one really famous now and let's toss it out. Let's someone must there. have seen someone famous. Someone famous. In a pub. Now, Has obviously, to be in a pub. if you met them, extra points. If you saw them, that's also fun. And I want to know how they behaved. Or even if you winked weirdly at them. Yeah, which you may regret now, <laughs> in hindsight. One triple three five three. Who did you see at the pub? Has to be famous. Don't say, oh, I saw Davo. It's like, no, sick. No, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> One triple three five three. Who'd you see that was famous at the pub? It's- I just mentioned off the cuff, I saw before the World Cup, I saw Alana Kennedy at Mount Annan Pub. I think it was over Christmas. I saw her at the pub because she's a Campbelltown local, as am I. And, and so I was like, oh, no way. It's Alana Kennedy. And sort of stared at G'day. her and then winked so, And weirdly. just did the like, g'day. You yeah. know, didn't want to bother with her family. And yeah. then you saw the crowdies in Adelaide at a pub yeah, before yeah, they were big. Yeah, but that was like 30 years ago. Or yeah. yeah. That's a long time ago. So I just thought, and you've seen a whole bunch of footballers at the pub. Heaps of footballers. Which wasn't as interesting. So we asked someone, triple three, five, three, who have you seen at the pub? Uh, we'll start with Mark in Mount Annan. Oh, my neck of the woods. Who was it, Mark? Well, it's funny you mentioned that Mount Annan pub because my wife's a manager there. Right on. Right. So I'm a big doggy supporter, and one night she saw Paul Langmack there while she was working and ended up FaceTiming with Paul Langmack. Oh, how good. With me. What a thrill. So just thought it was funny you mentioned Mount Annan Hotel. There you go. Yeah. The place. Very funny. And Another I will... free plug for the Mount Annan Hotel. I know, and I will <laughs> see you soon. Uh, Bryn in Castlereagh, who'd you see, mate? Mate, I saw Pauline here. Oh, oh no. please explain. <laughs> please explain. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was her and her sister at Tamworth Sporties Club about 25 years ago. Mm. Really? Did you, you know, sidle over? Oh, mate, I, I grabbed a, um, a coaster and got a signature. It's stored oh. in the shed somewhere. You didn't ask her to, you no. know, can I buy you a drink? Or... Was, she, was she as fun as she seems in the Senate? A uh, lot better in person, but oh. the, the funny fact was a sister was just a shorter, fatter-looking version of her. <laughs> okay. Well, that's genetics, isn't it? <laughs> Steve is in St. Ives, 13353. Who'd you see at the pub? Who was it, Steve? Well, it wasn't a pub. It was, we owned a wine bar up in Armadale back in the 70s, and a band came up from, from Adelaide, 
uh, and they worked in there for a little while by the name of Cole Chisel. No. In Armadale? 100%, 100%, mate. 100%. Really? Yeah, when they came up from Adelaide, they were looking just... Oh, no, I bet they were. Yeah, yeah. That's They're out of place in a wine bar, I would have thought. You would have thought <laughs> yeah. it'd be like a lounge band, and then you, you're copping a bit of chisel. Uh, yeah, that's sh- a good one. Shannon's in Carlton. Who'd you see at the pub? How are you, mate? Uh, Paul Hogan and Lindery's movie Star Wars. Oh, unreal. Unreal. At the, at, the Brun- at the Brunswick, it's Strop's pub. I was playing with my band, kickstar.com. There you go. And did you did you speak to Hogs? Yeah, mate. I had a shirt on I'd bought the day before with his face. Have the old, he was advertising the Winfield 25, so I had that on. So he saw himself 30 years younger and loved me, and we had a good chat. What year, oh, what year was this? Mate, about 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Okay. And what, what was your band called? Kickstar.com? Yeah, kickstar.com. I'm at, oh. the, uh, at Delson House in Sylvania. Tonight, so <laughs> another little Got plug the there. Plug-in. Yeah, good stuff. Plug in, Shannon. Is is it called Kickstar.com? Is the band called Kickstar.com, or is that just your website? That's the web on uh, Facebook. Yes, I no. thought I thought right. it might be. I think okay. the band's called Kickstar. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Dan, wrap us up in Manly Vale. Uh, who uh, who do you see at the pub? Uh, Hugh Jackman, mate. No way. Yeah, two eleven when Manly used to win. <laughs> Just you, Jackman. Did you say hello to him? Oh, mate, it's funny you say that because usually I would, but I've had a couple and uh, usually I would, but I just didn't have the balls, if I can say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can. You should have had a couple and more. I've also, I've also seen Joanna Grig- uh, Briggs there. Joanna Griggs? Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, you've buried oh, yeah. the lead. <laughs> you buried the lead there. She's a, she's a, she's a great lady, Joanna. She's a legend. Yeah, Absolutely legend. She is a legend. I've done, I actually did a riff as well a while ago. You fixed her roof. roof for her. Yeah, oh, terrific. I'm a roofer. Hey, well, so, that, yeah, it's all good. All that, good. That's yeah. another phoner for another day, isn't it? <laughs> who yeah. fixed your roof? Yeah. Um, I hope not. Who do we like? Who was the best? Ah, uh, I think you've got to go with the chisel at Armadale. Chisel at Armadale Wine Bar. That's that's pretty. Yeah, and on the outside, look, you've got to give it a bit of a swing. Paul, Pauline Hanson and the Ugly Sister. That's close second. That's close second. Let's go chisel. Uh, there's a bit of everything in every Red Rooster Mega Box. The Rooster's calling you to try a Mega Box at Red Rooster today. Racing, Group 1 racing at Randwick. It's happening. It's back, baby. Ah, uh, yes. Best of the day. Uh, well, it's Wink Stakes Day today, so Tories. first group. Group one of the season. Yes. Um, and named after the champion mayor and always a very interesting race. We'll get to that. My tip, though, is Walla Mail. Uh, I love Walla Mail. I know you like it's the Walla Mail. It's my favourite mail. Uh, I said to him, best today, he said, for the listeners. Yeah, oh, for said, the listeners. For the listeners. <laughs> I said, yes, for the listeners. He said, well, I like one at a bit of odds because it was, you know, last night it was $9. Yes, okay. I noticed this morning it is into four fifty. <gasps> wow. The money's right. come. The, the money's, money's come, come, James. Race four, for number the money. 15. That's it. Race four, number 15, okay. four victory. So there you go. How do you spell the four? Is it F-O-R-E? F-O-R. 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 victory. For victory. Because it is a homophone, so I was just wondering how you spelt four. If you say so. If you were searching for it. Hey, the wink stake itself, uh, this is a really good field, really strong field. Uh, race eight today. Now, listen, this goes against everything I said the other week, and I believe you were here for it. Horses with political leanings, communist. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, I was. How I don't back them. I don't mind communist at $41. <laughs> <laughs> it just That's needed to just... get out to $41 That's for it. me to back it. I think it's a two-horse race today. Yes. I, I think, you know, you say that with holding your breath. I think it's between number 13, Fangirl, 
And the old boy, the old star on the soft track, Zaki. Loves a soft track. His record at the 1400 at Randwick's always good. He's nine years old, I know. Long in the tooth. He's long, literally long in the tooth. But he's still a very, very good horse, and I think he'll give Fangirl a run for well, money. Jamie Carr's on board. This is her first uh, meeting back from a spell, right? She hasn't he, ridden for a while. He's not exactly hard to ride. Right? Okay. He's just got to get him in a nice forward spot where he where he can camp and get a bit of cover if he can. That'll be the, the tricky bit, getting cover from Barrier 8. Some wraps on King Colorado, too, at a lightweight 50.5, going yeah. around at $10. That's all right. Well, yes. I, I don't fancy those sorts of horses against these tough old campaigners. All righty. Whatever you do, gamble responsibly. 4 and 20. We've been there for it all. Australia's original fan food. The Dead Set Legends Player of the Week. You are in charge this week, Richard Friedman. Who you got? I have picked arguably the player of the month. Mm. Not just the week. Wow. She has been sensational in this World Cup. Mm. We haven't made the grand the grand final, the yes. final, but uh, it's not Sam Kerr's fault. No. And she started off the tournament injured, not playing, after tremendous pressure on her, handled herself beautifully, got back on the pitch and in the semi-final there, when it all was looking pretty bad, she equalised the, the score and, you know, she, it was an incredible strike. Screamer, too. James. An absolute, absolute screamer, right in the top bin. You oh. can't save it. And even just, like, the, the build-up to the goal, you, you know, if you get that opportunity um, presented to you, you know, you, you hit and you, you're hoping it goes in, but but she's, she's, it, it's an individual goal. She did oh. all the build-up work all by herself, head down. Just uh, it was sublime, and it's one of those like a lot of pressure coming on here, coming into this tournament mm. as uh, arguably the the best female soccer player in the world, and you know a, a new audience as well. Where it's like, well, why is this? Do you, do why you know why is this woman injured? Like, well, I want to see something yeah. from her, and then this moment, wow. Well, my wife hadn't seen enough of her, and that was the problem. It led her to say this just minutes before that goal. She goes, you know this, uh, this Sam Kerr hype? And I said, yes. <laughs> She's like, ah, I don't know about it. I don't know about this hype. Right. I've not seen any individual brilliance. Oh, she took and a I was like, shot at Bambi. I was like, oh, no, she's pretty good. She's pretty, she's pretty good. <laughs> it's, well, I'll know it when I see it. And then three minutes later, ah, ping. How perfect. She goes, wow, <laughs> is that what people are talking about? See, but I wasn't surprised by her doing something spectacular on the pitch because she does that. On a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, what I was surprised about is her amazing composure, both on the pitch and off the pitch. Mm. She's just handled it so well. She's such a, a, a cool-tempered, you know, professional. Yeah. And I was so impressed with that. So she's Player of the Week. Do you know what I've seen? Um, th- uh, a video of her uh, playing for, for Chelsea. Oh, and, yes. Um, it, it's not a goal-scoring ability. This... Uh, this Idiot. Pitch invader. Pitch invader. Got onto the field. And Sam Kerr, you know, if she if she doesn't fancy Matildas, yeah. I reckon she can get a get a contract with the NRLW. Ironed because, him out. Wow. Yeah. She ironed him out. She oh, big absolutely time. ironed him out. It was brilliant <laughs> to stuff. watch. Player of the week for many reasons. Sam Kerr. 
And the Women's World Cup wraps up this week and the uh, FIFA Women's World Cup 2023 playoff for third is first. Uh, Australia versus Sweden tonight, 5.30 on Channel 7 and 7 Plus. Got the World Cup final as well to preview both games. Joined by one of the greatest ever Matildas, 130 caps for them, doing a wonderful job on Channel 7 during the coverage. Uh, Heather Garriott, good morning. Good morning, guys. A super day. Hopefully a big win for the Matildas. Hopefully. Uh, let's just look back to that semi-final heartbreak, obviously, but England, they were just too good, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Look, the Matildas, we, we expected, expected them to come out firing, and they, they were just a little bit flat. Um, but England were brilliant. Um, I think their games would probably win the World Cup. They were technically better than us and, you know, played a really good good game, good game pan planned by Serena Weekman, the coach. Heather, uh, as a proud uh, Englishman, you, you surely, you, you can't be surprised by that, can you? Oh, please. We, we very <laughs> seldom get the opportunity to rub yeah. it in Australians' faces. I am, be, I have been beaming, <laughs> beaming. He has been, Heather. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, really, so, it wasn't really a question, no. was it? It was just more of a statement. What, what, are you, you going to ask me a question? Yeah. What, what was oh, the question? Oh, were you surprised? <laughs> Absolutely, I, I support the Matildas. Mm. I support the Matildas. I... I I wasn't surprised. Um, I, you know, look at the end of the day, when when you're playing a World Cup, it's a ta- it's tournament football, and you play seven seven games to make it to the World Cup final, and you need to be able to play your bench. And I think um, that's something that England's done really well, and they've been adaptive, and it's something that hopefully we see some fresh players this evening. What is going to be the legacy of what has been a great tournament for them? Regardless of that, they haven't won. They've finished. You know, they're in the playoff for third, and if they finish third or fourth, it's still a great tournament. The, the hype will die down, but what yeah, so will be left when, when all the dust settles? I think, I think the moment um, the moment that we, we witnessed last week um, against France is one of the biggest moments in sporting history in Australia that's going to be embedded in the minds of, of all Australians. Um, we've got record television numbers, um, the most watched program ever in the history of, of Channel 7. Um, so, look, I think, and then you've got the inspiring players that continue to go back and play in their leagues. But the thing I've loved the most is football is at the forefront of everybody, everybody's minds here in Australia. And, you know, we obviously battle against different codes, um, but, you know, this has just captured the imagination of every single person, regardless of what sport you love or don't love. Um, and the girls have done, the players have done such an amazing job to, to really inspire the nation. I think we... We need to push on from here. It's our job at Football Australia to utilise that, and we're hoping for a 20 to 25% increase in participation and 50-50 gender split by 2027. What was your reaction to that? So now it's gone down in history, the semi-final, Australia uh, versus England, the most-watched TV event in Australian history, 11.5 million viewers. What was your reaction to that, Heather? Because you've been at the coalface. You put in 130 games with the Matildas when there wasn't this sort of attention on them. So how did you feel as a former player? Yeah, look, super proud. I, I just can't believe where the game's come. And look, I got really emotional as a, as a former player. We we had mums and dads and fans and and um and hardly any fans in the stadiums when we won the Asia Cup back in, in two thousand and and ten. And um to see the magnitude of what's happening at the moment, yeah, there's there was emotional tears and there was there's just so much pride and happiness because um this is what sport can do to a nation. Hey Heather, how important is it now that? You, you know, you speak about um, Australian soccer football capitalising on this momentum. And next time that uh, the Matildas are, are back in town for World Cup qualifiers or, or any games, whatever it may be, that, you know, the fans really continue this support. Yeah, it's incredibly important. And, and it doesn't just start with the national teams. It starts with our competition here, our A-League W competition that kicks off in a couple of months' time. And, 
It's about getting getting behind and supporting the the women's game and the men's game for that matter. And you know what? It's 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 not um, obviously this is not spoken about often about women's sport, but the investment in women's sport is a given these days. And um, we need to talk, stop talking about you know the commercial viability of it. We've seen it with our own eyes of how commercially viable women in sport is and women's sport. Well, I know what your tip will be in the in the Matildas match, but <laughs> give us a tip in the in the in the big one in the the cup final. I'm going to go with my heart and head with the, in the cup final. I would love to see Spain win win the Women's World Cup. They are a quality outfit. They're going to entertain. They play beautiful football, but I just think England are going to be too strong tactically and physically for the Spanish. Oh, there you go, Jim. There you go. I like that answer. That's a good answer. That's, that's Diplomatic. The one you Diplomatic. <laughs> um, it's been wonderful to watch you during the coverage as well, Heather. I've, I've loved it, especially, especially your piece with Bruce McAvane. It's been wonderful. You can catch the game, both of them. Uh, the first one tonight, 5.30, of course, the World Cup final tomorrow, Channel 7 and 7 Plus. Thanks for your time, Heather Garriock. Thank you so much, guys. If it happened overnight, you'll hear it in the Triple M Deadset Legends Sports Update. Tevita Pangai Jr. shocked the NRL world this week, informing the Bulldogs he'll be retiring from the game at years end to take up boxing full-time. What the? Bit of Rove McManus. What the? Yeah. Oh, that's, you know, how old is he? He's not that old. 27, 27 he is. Yeah. And he was on a, a reported $750,000 a year, so Jeez. hopefully he can throw them. He'll need to. you get that sort of coin. Yeah, well, the, the rumours are already circulating about oh. whether or not he'll make a return to the NRL, but if this is all genuine, like, good on him for backing himself. Absolutely. Do, do you get vibes of, like, Chanel Harris to Vita? Must be in the name. You know, he went away for a year. He's coming back to the Warriors next year. Well, he went travelling, though, didn't he? He did, yeah. He just decided to go travelling. Bit of a difference between travelling and... Going to get your head smashed in. ...boxing. Yeah, But okay. uh, good on him. I mean, if it's if it's all legitimate, then, yeah, good luck to, the, good luck to him. All right. I just... Did you find... That sort of, because he's saying he wish he, did, he didn't have the pressure on him. He wish he didn't have that sort of money. I found when he was at Penrith, just playing a bit role off the bench, those eight games, given parameters, you do this, he, he was on fire. Yeah, in, in a winning team, it, it does change a lot of things. Mm. Um, and, you know, he's actually, into, I think he's done all right for the Bulldogs this year. He, he got a state of origin jersey for for game one, if That's right. memory serves me correctly. Um, so he can, he the boy can play. Yeah. All right. Uh, another uh, boy that can play is Payne Haas, uh, remaining a Bronco, so staying in the NRL uh, until 2026, the end of the richest deal in club history. Three years worth $3.5 million. Wow. Well, that's a bit of pressure in itself, isn't it? Mm. You've now got to live up to that price tag. That can be difficult. Yeah, the guy can do it, though. Payne Haas, oh. I think he's the best front rower in the competition. I, I thought when he was knocking back these deals or... Uh, his manager was knocking them back. I thought he was going to go to rugby, yeah. rugby or, or another code in some capacity. So delighted that he's staying in our game. He's a joy to watch. Absolutely. Man. Rusty's Motorsport Update. For Bendix, Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. That's right, our good mate, the Rustler, Greg Russ from Rusty's Garage Podcast. Uh, you can get it for free on the listener app. Is on the line. Morning, Rusty. Good morning, team. Nice to catch up with you all. Hey, Rustler. It's all happening in supercars with Shane Van Gisbergen set to leave for NASCAR at the end of the year. And uh, a young star's got his seat. Yeah, we talked about it on last week's show, didn't we? That uh, Will Brown had confirmed he was leaving the Erebus team, but there was no confirmation on where he was headed, despite the fact that 
most of us who were at Queensland Raceway at the time thought that it was uh, absolutely going to happen. So Red Bull Ampole Racing or the, the famed Triple Eight team have confirmed that Will Brown will switch from uh, the Erebus squad. He's going to take over from Shane Van Gisbergen, one of the plum spots uh, in the Supercars paddock, the Supercars grid. Fans are a bit divided on this. Um, some feel that Erebus has given him a great opportunity and he kind of should reward that loyalty. But it is uh, a team with such an incredible record, you couldn't really turn down that sort of opportunity, could you? Yeah, Rusty, it means that the musical chairs, what motorsport calls the silly season, is going to be one of the biggest in many years. Who else is on the move? When you look at it on paper, um, with the exception maybe of Dick Johnson Racing, where Will Davison and Anton Di Pasquale are locked away, every other team has got some sort of movement happening. So either new drivers, there's talk of some that are going to upsize, i.e. have more cars on the grid next year, and there are others that are going to downsize as well. Uh, We know now, as of uh, late yesterday afternoon, that Jack LeBrock, who is with Matt Stone Racing is going to switch and take over Will Brown's position at Erebus. So, yeah, the game of, as you can rightly say, musical chairs or what we call silly season is well underway. And, Rusty, the rumour mill was in overdrive during the week. This story started on Triple M Adelaide, the brekkie team there. Uh, the rumour that the supercars has been sold, is there any truth to that? I can't get to the bottom of this, but some think where there's smoke there's fire. So let me give you both sides to it. The supercars are at the Bend Circuit, beautiful circuit in South Australia this weekend. It is owned by the Shahin family. Sam Shahin uh, and his brother Yasser, they're very, uh, very wealthy, um, have had service stations and more in, in uh, South Australia. Some believe they are making another play for the sport and they haven't ruled it out when they've been asked about it either. Sam basically said, look, We don't comment on businesses when we're doing due diligence, when we're looking at new opportunities and so on. On the flip side, executive from Supercars have rubbished it and said there's no truth to it um, whatsoever. So it's certainly got a lot of journos in the paddock talking, that's for sure. Yeah, might be a watch this space situation. Uh, Thanks for your time, Greg Rust. It's all thanks to Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. We'll catch up with you next week. Good on you guys. Have a great weekend. Thank you. I got a lot of problems with you people. You're going to hear about it. Richard's List of Grievances. One of my great bugbears about particularly this city, but every Australian city, is traffic lights. They are very necessary, but the dumbest system you could ever devise. I have been to cities where the traffic lights make some sense. When everyone's going to work, the traffic lights on that major route, they're all green. All the way through. They're timed. They're communicating with each other. Yeah. This out here is complete chaos. What do you mean? I think I mean, it's doing an all right job. <laughs> some of them are on timers. Some of them are on sensors. Yeah. You can sit in the middle of the road in the middle of the night with not a car in sight at a red light. That doesn't happen in some other places. They've got All them, green all the time. They've got them connected so they know where the traffic's going and which lights to have green and red. They've got a system that seems to be all linked. Otherwise, they've got a lot of Japanese people sitting in a, a room actually manually doing it. Sure. But that could be the case. But here, in this place, in this city, it is a bedlam. It's a it's a cluster. I'll, I it's won't a, go it's on. A, it's, a it's a cluster. It's a cluster. <laughs> oh, it's a cluster. Right? Because that's what it is. In the, the year 2023, if we can't have a system that lets the traffic flow better than the system we have out there now, then there is something wrong with us. Well, 
we know there's something wrong with us because it is 2023 mm. and it's not happening. Well, I, I agree with you. The, the traffic in Sydney can be quite uh, difficult to navigate, but I've never been to a city and thought, I'll tell you what, All right. traffic flows really I'll give well you a, here. That's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's a strange observation. I, 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 I don't disagree with you, Richard, but what is perplexing to me is that you would come away from an experience in a foreign city and think, Wow, the yeah. traffic moves smoothly. Not all oh, the cuisine was great. The culture. You the should have seen the contraflow. You should you, have seen it. Co- coming back from a nice trip, what was it like? Well, the traffic just flowed brilliantly. <laughs> yeah, I've never thought of it that yeah. way. But actually, that's a very good point. Yeah. We might rescind <laughs> that grievance. <laughs> it's the Dead Set Legends on Sydney's Triple M. Saturday Scrum up next. Catch you next time.